welcome to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast, your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me as always, the guy who taught me about the baseball name game, Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how are you doing today? Uh, doing, doing very, very well. How are, how are you today, Mr. Clark? I'm, uh, I'm tired. It's been a long day at work. I get it. I get to pull the overnight shift. That's why we're shooting the podcast uh, a day early. Cause I get to pull an overnight shift, uh, on Thursday. So, um, we're shooting this right after the Oakland series, basically. Good thing we have a, a day off on Thursday, but, um, yeah, I'm not doing too bad. Just tired. Just tired. I, for some reason I've been, I've been thinking about us growing up and, uh, playing the name game on the baseball boss or camping and boy scouts, you know, that was always a fun game, fun game to play. Yes, sir. Yeah. Maybe we'll just take an episode in the off season and we'll play the name game. How does that sound? (laughs) There's a lot of thinking that's involved. I don't think that would make a good podcast episode. So (laughs) before we get into everything, thank you for coming back and listening to another edition of the forks down podcast. Uh, that's, of course, if you're a returning listener, you know, welcome back. Um, if you're a first-time listener, thanks for choosing Forkstown, and hopefully uh, we're your new home for Mariners Baseball Talk. Um, just looking at the numbers today, it looks like we're gaining more and more fans as we go along, or at least people that are checking us out. So hopefully, you know, you hear something you'll like in here, and uh, we we uh, stick with you and are part of your weekly routine. So if you haven't already, go hit us up on social media. You can find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, just search Forks Down Podcast. You can also find us on Threads. Um, I try to do some daily stuff on there, tweet tweet or thread, whatever you call it. I, I don't think we have a name for it yet. Thread about games, um, you know, at least, you know, make sure that people know about the scoring plays and how they come about. So um, if that interests you and you're on Threads, um, go check it out. You know, it's Forks Down Pod. So um, you can also hit like and subscribe on your podcast listening app. That'll notify you when we drop new episodes or when I accidentally drop episodes a day or two early. Um, you can also help us out a little bit on your podcast listening app. If you give us five stars, it'll kind of drive us up and get us some more views. Um, again, it's not for already go. We're just doing this for fun. But, um, you know, from the uh, increase in fans that we're seeing, I maybe some other fans would like to hear us. So um, if you can do that for us, we'll try to give you the best Mariners content available on the podcast side of things. So with all that being said, Bo, let's get into some notes because it's uh it's been a very, very weird week. Um you know, Mariners had a couple couple people miss some starts with some sicknesses and some minor injuries, but I, I really think we'd be remiss if we didn't start it's not even a Mariners note, but if we didn't start by talking about the angels waving the white flag on the season, um, I think they did something that was almost un- unprecedented. I've never seen one team drop five, five starters or would five be starters be five starters on other teams. Um, you know, once uh, the last month of the season hit. So just very odd to me. Very odd, and you kind of thought it was like a, a Jeff Passan like uh, 
parody account that was tweeting that out, right? Because it seemed like it was it was just too it was just too difficult to believe, really, that they would just kind of throw in the towel this early with all that. So, um, yeah, very, uh, very. Um, I mean, there used to be a waiver, you know, there used to be a waiver kind of trade deadline that happened. I think around this time of year, back in like, uh, you know, the early 2010s and the teens there and all that there used to be that waiver deadline and this is kind of mini version of it but it's obviously a little different now because you could make trades but this is more related to placing guys in outright waivers than having someone to pick them up but i think the the yeah the shock value is just like the angels traded for some of these guys they gave up top 100 prospects for some of them and now here we are at the month of august and it was one month of one month of joy one month of trying to do something with them and it's just gone all of a sudden um it just uh yeah it makes you feel good that where the mariners are in the situation that they're in that they never had to end up this way right and it just uh yeah the angels continue to be one of the worst run franchises in baseball um and probably in all sports and this is just another example of that right how this team is just kind of falling off a cliff and you know i think otani is chances of going back there are very slim i think going forward um and i think they kind of realized maybe that was some of it so they're trying to shed some payroll and that's where we got to where we're at now so how did you react to all of the uh the angels news coupled with you know the yankees and harrison bader and just waivers in general it was just wild i don't, I don't feel like we've seen this to this magnitude before maybe here and there one or two players you know like if it was just josh donaldson from the yankees and Freaking, I don't know, Randall Grichuk. Like I'd be like, okay, that that's kind of weird, but not out out of the ordinary or whatever. But like the Angels, it wasn't just these five guys either. We we keep saying these five guys. The five guys were Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez. They got them. They traded for them. You know, from the White Sox, Matt Moore, who signed with the team this off season, Hunter Renfro. Uh, has he been there since last season? I can't remember off the top of my head. I think he's been there. This was his second year on the Angels. And then Randall Grichuk, who was part of the trade with C.J. Crone from the Rockies. They also let go Dominic Leone. And last week, they placed Tyler Anderson on Weavers. So, like, they're just cutting bait with everyone. And I I, I don't know if it sets a good precedent. I, I really don't. Like, it's just, like, you're, you're throwing the flag on the season. Maybe you want to save some money. Whatever. But now you're just giving up on, you know, these guys that can go to playoff contenders, you know, and you got to go through waivers. You know, I know uh, we kind of talked about it before and it was like, you know, we got to go place something on Lucas Giolito to, you know, so he doesn't go to the Rangers or Astros. I'm like, I don't even think he's going to reach there. I think there's enough fringe teams that are going to go pick up those guys, you know, to, to help them out. You know, I'm sure the Reds are probably further up on the list. Uh, the Twins um you know these these french teams maybe boston i mean i i just i don't know what kind of precedent this sets it's just not a good look for the angels it really isn't and i think you nailed it on the head they are probably the worst ran franchise in baseball we're talking about you know earlier in the season how oakland's owner needs to sell the team like it's almost getting that way with Artie moreno like bro you need to probably sell the team Yeah, I I don't know what's I don't know what's in store for the Angels and Otani all but leaving is going to add a little bit of a additional question mark to all that. 
And um, yeah, this very well, all this kind of very well might be a precursor to some sort of adjustment of the trade deadline. I'm thinking maybe at some point um, where they try to bring the waiver deadline and the trade deadline close together. And they try to, I don't know, make the two match, try to prevent some of this. I think in the future, that might be something we get down the line, probably not in the near term, but I kind of see some changes probably coming out of this. If this continues to happen like this, but I'll also be curious to see how many guys do get picked up. Great. Cause they do have to pick up the rest of the salary for the, for the entire year. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, not a small margin by any means for some of these guys. So, um, I'll see if they get picked up and, um, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of, just kind of interesting, right? How we have these fallouts from the CBA or, you know, new rule changes, anything like that. And then like, this is kind of seems like one of them now of just guys setting salary, trying to get under the luxury tax. So, um, yeah, just baseball in general. Sorry. And correction, Hunter Renfro played for Milwaukee last year. Okay. So right, right, go. right. There he was he was go. signed this offseason. I couldn't remember. Couldn't remember. I feel there like he's go. been there for like three seasons, but Well, I, he looks like know. Mike Trout, so that's the thing. So <laughs> there you go. That's the thing. You know, I I don't want guys like Mike Trout and True Otani to be successful when they're on the Angels. But if they were ever off the Angels, which again, Shoei it's looking like he's heading that way. Mike Trout, he's probably going to be an angel for life. Like I would see, I would like to see these guys have some form of success in the playoffs. Like you're not going to get that in Anaheim. You know, we, we joke about Otani coming to Seattle. If I'd be cool if he went to the NL and, you know, played for the Dodgers and made a World Series. I don't want to see the Dodgers go to the World Series either, but like I just want these guys to have success and, they're about as shoddy run. The angels are as, as Oakland is at this point. So like, yep. Oakland's better off. They knew they were going to be bad. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, let's, let's move on to some more Mariner Mariner centric stuff. Um, big news. Uh, Jared Kelnick is reported to triple a Tacoma. He's going to start his rehab assignment. It's probably going to be, I wouldn't say a long one, but it's going to be somewhat long. Um, you know, he's, he's just ramping stuff up. Um, I actually, I'm, I'm part of a group chat, Bo. I don't, I don't know if you know this. I'm part of a group chat where uh, one of the guys um, is friends with the Kelnick family. Um, and so, you know, he's always asking questions to them. And then we kind of get relayed tidbits. And um, about a week ago, we knew he was uh, starting to run again. So it, it felt like it was about time for him to, to get his rehab assignment on. But, um, you know, we, we've said it a couple weeks ago. We're, we're saying it now. This is just the team getting better once Kelnick gets, gets back, you know? Yeah. What do you, um, what do you foresee? Again, you know, I, I think the other note that we have on here is rosters increased to 28 on Friday. Right. Um, and Kelnick maybe on, a, maybe on a rehab assignment, I think longer than that, but, um, yeah, because I kind of feel like Dominic Canzone has just been kind of filling that role for the time being, right, of what Kelnick was. And maybe not to the level that obviously Kelnick was doing at, but Canzone's just been kind of filling that hole since uh, Jared's been out. Um, and with the rosters expanding, I'm assuming, you know, we'll try to keep, you know, maybe some of these guys together. But what kind of do you see any move that might happen or occur with that? Right. Like, is it time for Mike Ford? Right. To, to probably get probably get cut like where do you kind of see once Kelnick comes back the dominoes falling I guess that's what I'm trying to say honestly uh 
with the rosters increasing, I, I mean, they're going to bring a couple people up. I'd probably see one of those guys. You know, we kept saying, is Mike Ford going to get cut? I, I don't know if he is right now. Um, you know, you can have Kelnick, you know, ease back into left field, play some DH. We've seen Canzone play some DH. Um, I've seen Do- uh, Dylan Moore in the outfield a lot. Um, I know one of our later notes here, we talk about Caballero kind of regressing. So does Dylan Moore kind of be the the one-two punch with Josh Rojas at second? Like he was kind of intended to be um, at the start of the season. Like I could see that too. I, you know, maybe Caballero gets sent down. I don't know. Um, um, I, I just, I feel it's good. If Kelnick comes back and kind of eases his way. And I don't, I don't really feel it's going to take a lot of playing time from a lot of people because we've got good rotations. Canzone can play some first too. So if we need to get him in the lineup, he can play some first. Uh, if you get DH, Teo can DH, Canzone can play right. You know, it just gives our, our, uh, line up a little more flexibility. Gotcha. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm in agreement with you there. I think it'll be, I, I, yeah, I still don't know quite all the moves trying to predict of what's going to happen. I think after the rosters expanded, I think there was another note I didn't include here that Sam Haggerty, it sounds like is also going to be, um, is also going to be back. So, um, yeah, I don't quite know how that's all going to puzzle piece together, but um, <clears throat> I think the roster expanding still a good thing. Have a little bit more depth in the team, and um, you know, get a couple guys for a for a potential playoff push. So there you go. Yep, yep. And again, it's 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 a good thing because guys like Julio are having a little bit of a foot nerve issue. You know, it just gives us a little more flexibility if we need to sit Julio a day. You know. Um, you know, we don't necessarily need to play Dylan Moore in the outfield. Not that he's playing a bad outfield, but uh, I, I tend to like him a little bit more in the infield, you know. And then obviously we can give guys days off. Gino, um, I know he's a competitor and wants to be out there. JP, I'd like to have a list, at least a couple rest periods for him. You know, both those guys. I want those guys to be in tip-top shape come playoff time. So, I don't know. It's just gonna it's gonna be interesting going down the stretch to see probably some of these lineups. Yep, agreed there. So um I think moving on here, um yeah, I think you've already mentioned Julio had the nerve foot issue which kept him out of the lineup for a couple of days and maybe a little bit of that was hey, we're playing Oakland. Let's try to, you know, rest up before, you know, a massive road trip upcoming. So Maybe that was related to that, um, and we'll see if it pays off and coupled that with an off day, right? But um, And then George Kirby did not make his most recent start due to some sickness. Sounds like he didn't even sleep, I guess. It was kind of yeah. from what I heard. So, um, But yeah, and then uh, the other new piece of news that I think came through today that I think you were rather excited about, but Luis Torrens was signed to a minor league contract. So um, old Luis Torrens didn't. I'm going to, the thing that I'll, I'll, I'll side note here, the, I'll sidebar. The thing that I love about Luis Torrens is that, well, it's Luis Torrens had some very big moments for the Seattle Mariners, but um, the, the tops now cards, if, if anybody gets tops now cards <laughs> from last year, the postseason cards, like uh, the, the Ty France one was absolutely just a picture of Luis Torrens. 
And then I think they sent, and then I think they sent back like, Oh, here's a, here's an error. Like, Oh, sorry. This is like an error that we made. And it was still the exact same thing. It was like the restore. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was Ty France, but it was still Larice Turin. So like, that's what stopped in mind with, for me with, with, with Larice Turin's. But, um, besides that, he's back with the Mariners. It sounds like for their minor league deal. I, uh, a, a group chat, another group chat. I'm in. I'm in a lot of group chats, Bo. We, I actually brought that story up because we were talking about air cards. Because uh, uh, I, I saw a Gypsy Queen card, and it was a Robbie Cano card. But he said it said he played second base for Oakland, so that's kind of what spawned it. And then <laughs> me and another couple guys were talking about it. And I go, yeah, my buddy Bo got a top snout card that said Ty France. It was definitely Luis <laughs> Torrens. So yeah. Um, yeah, funny you brought that up because I brought that up again today too. So, uh, I'm a little bit excited. I, he did have some big moments. He obviously wasn't the greatest player. He's reason he wasn't on, um, you know, the team going, coming into this season, but, um, just adds a little bit more depth. Uh, you know, you put a note here, doubt about Tom Murphy, you know, Tom Murphy's been battling some injuries. He's been really good when he's on the roster and healthy. Um, but, um, just just gives us a little bit more depth. Um, they do also have Pedro Severino still down in Tacoma, um, you know, and, and Brian O'Keefe. Uh, he's played not great at the major league level, so maybe there's something to that effect that we could probably see Torrens and or Pedro Severino come up. You know, you never know. Just a little bit of depth, uh, veteran depth behind Cal Raleigh because we know going down the stretch Cal Raleigh is going to get um quite a few of those starts like I'm pretty sure Cal Raleigh started uh Tuesday's game against a lefty which you don't normally see but he was in the lineup so yeah I think we just got to be careful with Cal too right like he was he was banged up at the end of you know the season last year so I think uh, a little protection for Cal is is a good thing yep yep Oh, let's move on to the uh, the athletic series, Bo. Um, wasn't I, I wouldn't say it was a, a great series, but it was a good series. Um, the Mariners did lose Tuesday's game um, because Kirby didn't start, Julio didn't start, Ty France got taken out because he uh, hurt his wrist on a ball that was thrown over to first. JP slid like uncomfortably into second base thought he was coming out for a second. So the dominoes didn't really fall, um, in, uh, Tuesday's game, but let's, let's start with Monday's game, Bo seven, nothing victory for the Mariners. And, uh, you know, I, I will call this the Brian Wu show. You know, the offense gave us enough support, but, uh, Brian, Brian, Wu looked good on uh Monday night. Yeah, thought he looked very good. I think, um, you know, I think he had, I think he was, you know, had command. I think of all three of his pitches that I think he primarily threw in that game, right? You know, primarily the fastball. Um, it's still mixed in, you know, um, that two seamer in addition to his cut fastball. And um, yeah, I thought was still looking pretty solid, right? Looking like where he was putting it where he wanted it to. And um, like I said, generated nine whiffs, um, but was still able to strike out five. Um, only walking one, um, and was able to keep the pitch count, um, really low, right. He only threw 70 pitches through six, mm-hmm. um, which is really what we want from Brian right now. And, 
Yeah, I mean the the Mariners were the Mariners offense kind of did the did the deed in this one to I think give him a, a good solid start and he kind of cruised a little bit. I think similar to what we've seen from Luis lately or um, you know Logan lately as well, right? He cruised a little bit through this game and um, yeah, I I wish he would have had I I kind of wish he would have just have maybe had another year on him, right? I think I'm you know I'm still concerned about the innings and I think the number of pitches that I think he's being thrown right now, but. Um, He's still looking very solid and, you know, hopefully the Mariners can kind of keep those pitch counts low when they do pitch him um, and be able to get, you know, good solid outings like this because he's just pitching very well right now. And I think he lowered his ERA in this one to, I think, 4.42, I think, somewhere in there. So it was lower than that. 4.15. We're 4.15. Sorry. We're bordering on a a under four ERA. So um, that's right. Yeah. No, woo. You know, you, you said most of the line here is his final line was six innings pitch, three hits, only one walk, five Ks, lowered that ERA to 4.15, only had 70 pitches. Looked good. And then the rest of the pitching staff that came in, we didn't even see what I would deem the A squad um, come in. We got Sacedo. He pitched an inning, struck someone out, didn't give up any hits. Campbell came in, did have one base on balls, but struck someone out, gave up no hits. And then Trent Thornton comes in in the ninth, gives up one hit, doesn't matter. Doesn't give up a run. Um, you know, gets out of the inning, and and that's that for the the uh, A's offense. You know, it was a very four hits. It was a four hit shutout. So um, up to down, just up up and down that that pitching staff that we saw um, in Monday's game, just solid top to bottom. So um, looking at the offense, um, a lot of it. Uh, came from the top of the lineup, uh, which shouldn't be a shock here. Um, JP Crawford, two for four, had three runs in RBI. Um, Julio, another four-hit game. And th- this is why I'm kind of bummed that Julio didn't play the rest of this series. Um, I think, yeah, with them being off tomorrow, their next game will be September. So, um I'm pretty sure Julio needed one more four-hit game to either tie or overtake Ty Cobb for most four-hit games in a in a month, which is you're you're now getting your name thrown around with Ty Cobb, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, that was a different that was a different type of baseball back then. Yeah, yeah, um, but I mean, man, Julio just he made it look so casual too. That's the thing. Like they're not becoming uncommon at this point. <laughs> yeah, I'd. Uh, I mean, even the even the home run, right, in this one, and um, it just uh, it's looking really easy for him. And um, you know, some of these were some of these ones in this one were there were a couple of like, softer singles in this one, but even those, man, even those, like you just uh, you see the ball land on the ground, and I think that gives you a little bit of confidence at the plate and. You know, that coupled with, um, you know, Julio also hit the ball really hard when it came to, I think, the double and the home run he had in this game is just guys locked in right now. And um, yeah, there's no other way to put it. And I think I think his absence in the Tuesday game was no, was very noticeable. Right. was mm-hmm. very noticeable. Yep. And um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I wish we could have had him there, but there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, double. Um, home run from Julio. I think one of the you said it was a soft single. I'm pretty sure it was one he ran out. He, I think that's it, right? Yep. I think that's he, uh, right, yeah. 
he ran it out. So again, he's got speed. Um, so like I said, top of the order, Gino went two for four. Tao went two for four. Um, Tao's, Tao's, we, we talk about players looking good. Tao's on the up. He's, he's moving on up like the Jeffersons. 264, um, batting average now, um, had a big home run in Wednesday's game, but, uh, kind of kept the line moving in Monday's game, had a couple RBIs and, uh, both of them, I think they were both two out RBIs, but, um, God, I'm, I'm just so glad to see Tao kind of come around, you know, for, he's doing what Julio's doing, just to a little bit, a lesser extent, you know, this is what should have been happening all season. It's just coming around from July off. Yeah. And, uh, you you might go to Teo's like Fangraphs page and like I think after the season whatever a couple years down the road and people might not look at it and say like oh it's it's vastly different than what Teo did in 2022 and 2021 maybe a little less power but yeah I think he's done a really good job over the last couple of games kind of hiding some of the stuff the challenges that I think he had in the first part of the season but um, we're benefiting from it now right and um, he's got a great baseball savant page right now save for his strikeout rate and his walk rate which was always going to be expected out of him um but uh yeah that rolling expected weight on base percentage is bright red right now and it's pointing upwards so um we just got to keep riding that riding that way for tail yeah yeah um other parts of the offense here ty france went two for three and dylan moore can zone both had hits so really just balance top to bottom um cal did not start on Monday's game. That's why he started Tuesday. Brian O'Keefe um, started Monday's game. And I totally spaced that out. But um, runners in scoring position, three for 17. They were getting a lot of, a lot of people on. They had four, four base on balls too, uh, to go along with 14 hits. So getting a lot of people on. Um, they left nine on base. Um, <laughs> Dylan Moore, you look at the base running thing. If you're just looking at the stats and, Dylan Moore had a very interesting night on the base path. Um, he did get his fourth stolen base, but he was also caught stealing um, like two innings before that. And, and he, yeah, he got picked off um, in the game too. So really, really not great base running, but Dylan Moore, he got the stolen base, but two innings before he did the same exact thing because he's facing Kyle Moore. Kyle Moore is a lefty, and he, he he threw over to first, and he ended up getting caught at second because he took off. But, like, two innings later, he did the exact same thing and just, you know, base running like a nincompoop. So, toot, what do they call that? Toot bland? Toot, toot bland? I can't remember what it's called. Uh, I'm not sure. No, I've never heard of that. You're... you're... You're breaking ground there. I've never heard of that. Um, but anyways, no, they're like, uh, yeah, a couple, a couple of biscuits there from Dillabore. And I kind of feel like base running has been like a little bit of a hidden miss for the Mariners. Like it seems like it's gotten obviously a little bit better as the teams, I think, come on those last month. But there have been a couple of mis- mishaps and a couple other things that have, I think, just kind of randomly happened to a couple other guys. You can think of a couple of times with Teo. Um like uh we gotta figure out a way to quantify some of that richard i don't know how yet but we'll, we should take a look deeper dive into the base running side of things because i think the mariners have been a little less than average on the base running front this year yes yes that's i don't know maybe our homework going forward quantify the base running for this year so 
Um, moving on, let's move to Tuesday's game. Let's get the let's get the the rough game out of the way here. Uh, Mariners lost three one. It was Oakland's first win of the season against the Mariners. Um, I think they played thirteen times. The Mariners won at the end of the series twelve of them. So Mariners went twelve and one. Um, but uh, man, this Tuesday game was a was a rough one. Uh, I kind of have a feeling it was going to be a little bit of a rough one with with Kirby getting. Um, you know, not starting because he was sick. Julio not starting because his foot was hurt. Definitely was noticeable um, on both on both those ends. Luke Weaver got the start. Um, didn't, didn't pitch well. Um, his final line was three and two thirds innings. Gave up seven hits, three runs, all three of them earned. Didn't strike anyone out, and gave up two home runs. So, not a great outing. At least he didn't walk anyone, but not a great outing from Luke Weaver. Um, not a good outing. Also not a good spot to like, just kind of throw a guy into as well. I think tough spot for, mm-hmm. um, I think him to come into, um, I think we saw something similar with like Taylor Saucedo recently when Emerson Hancock kind of left the game, right? It's just a tough spot to come into. I think when you're not really anticipating to, I think pitch that long and, um, you're just kind of thrown into a situation. So I give him the benefit of the doubt there and, yeah, not a great outing. Um, not what we've kind of expected out of our starters, right? Um, and uh, yeah, kind of set the tone for this game. This felt like a very April Seattle Mariners game in a lot of ways, right? Or like when we went through that rough patch with the pitching side of things, maybe that was May. So like kind of felt like that where couldn't score. Pitchers kind of gave up some gut balls right over the heart of the plate and we suffered the consequences for him. I will say that Luke Weaver did make, I think, one of the prettier plays of this year, right? When sliding mm-hmm. on, sliding over to the third. So, if you want to want to say the some positive there, I thought that was a very pretty play. But um, the game overall just felt a very sluggish, very slow, and um, yeah, not what we not what we expected out of the Mariners. I think this last couple, um, you know, at least certainly this last month too. There. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and and Weaver, uh, you know, was kind of the the bad egg of the pitching staff this uh this night on tuesday because after he came out the mariners only gave up two hits um isaiah campbell um came in relief after weaver pitched an inning and a third didn't give up any hits struck someone out matt brash came in for an inning did give up a hit struck someone out um trent thornton came in for two innings only gave up one hit and struck someone out and then taylor saucedo in the ninth came in and, and didn't give up any hits so like the bullpen definitely picked Weaver up. It just came down to the offense um, not coming around. You know, four four hits for the offense isn't going to get it done. Yep, yep. Feel like we just feel like we stole that line from a podcast in April, um, a podcast in May. Um, yeah, and it kind of just felt like exactly like what we already said, right? Just like oh, we got we got a little bit down and. You know, our superstar wasn't in the lineup. Our superstar pitcher wasn't really pitching, right? And it just kind of, kind of felt like we didn't really try a whole lot in this game. I guess that's what I'm. I guess that's what I'm going for there. Um, yeah. You know, I think we drew a lot of walks. We got a lot of guys on the traffic, and we had some good opportunities in this one. But um, yeah, just kind of felt like the Mariners of early 2023 in this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, they did strike out. The offense struck out 12 times. Did get six walks. Um, but went 0 for 7 with 10 runners left on. So um, 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position, 10 left on. So uh, not a great night for the offense. Uh, JP picked up a hit. Teo picked up a hit. 
Mike Ford picked up a hit, and Rojas picked up a hit in the ninth. Um, they were kind of threatening in the fourth, um, had a chance to, to do something and lost it. And then they had a chance in the ninth. Josh Rojas got a two-out single. Um, I can't think of who was after him. J.P. Crawford got a hit, um, a double, put runners second, third. And then Gino struck out to end the game. So um, just not a good night overall for the offense. Um, Cal Raleigh grounded into a double play. And Cade Marlowe accounted for the only RBI. And I think it was to be get it on a sack fly. He got it on a sack fly. So oh, he got it on a walk. He got it or on, on a walk. walk. On a walk. Sorry. So, on a walk. Yeah, yeah. It, I just realized he didn't have any hits, but a walk makes sense. So that's about it for this game. <laughs> um, the only other note you had for this bow, um, Caballero got the start. Not looking great. You know, he went 0 for 3. He's hitting 231 on the season. Um, you know, we, we picked up Rojas, and Rojas is, uh, you know, looking pretty good since we picked him up. Um, and I, I know you're wondering if uh, Rojas should probably be starting all the time. You know, I, I mentioned earlier in the podcast that maybe Dylan Moore can get some starts at second if uh, if Caballero um, does end up ultimately getting sent down or is used as a pinch runner. But um, what are your thoughts there? Um, so yeah, my, uh, when I was looking up Josh Rojas, right, Josh Rojas is lefty, righty splits. Um, don't seem, I would say that wild, right? The batting average currently is somewhat similar, even though he does have, you know, many more games versus kind of ref right-handers that he does left-handers. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, I mean, they're not, they're not crazy different i guess that's what i'm trying to say right he doesn't have a whole lot of it doesn't seem like he has a whole lot of power he hasn't had a home run against a lefty this year and only has two doubles against lefties but he only has 37 at bats against them as well so um i'd probably like to give josh rojas a chance right caballero is um caballero is starting to i think yeah regress is starting to go back to i think um you know that uh replacement level player level that we kind of um I don't want to say we anticipated with Caballero, but we thought might you know be under the surface there at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's really difficult for me to say because I think about his speed was a was a key factor in the in the Wednesday game to help score, um, you know, help score the go ahead run there. Um, so it's difficult. I would I would love Caballero to be a like a pinch runner type, but um, yeah, if you're going to keep him on your roster just to be a pinch runner, then that's difficult to always kind of guarantee a spot for that person. But um, I think Josh Rojas should be starting. I would like to see give him the give him the give him the length and see what he can do at left. Uh, give him see what he can do in a versus lefties. That is, and if you need to change course, then you know you can do that with um, Dylan Moore. You know, maybe give Capiero another shot there. But I think Josh Rojas should get a little bit more string, um, just given that it seems like his performance is starting to tick back up from, you know, what the, what the Diamondbacks were thinking they were going to get out of him. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. Completely agree. So moving on to Wednesday's game, um, five, four victory, um, comeback kids again in this game. Uh, they were down, they tied it up in the third. Um, Oakland took the lead in the seventh and then the Mariners came out in the bottom of the seventh and, um, you know, ended up scoring the go-ahead run in the seventh to um, help power a five-four victory. Um, you know, let's let's start with the pitching again here. 
Bryce Miller, six innings, seven hits, three runs, all of them earned, gave up a home run, didn't walk anyone, struck out five, his ERA is sitting below four, 393. Um, I think outside of the uh, the home run he gave up to Lawrence Butler, um, I don't I don't feel like he pitched too bad. You know, we've we've always said you know give uh, give the Mariners just enough so the offense can bring it around, and they did. And I, I felt like that's kind of what he did in this game. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Bryce pitched that bad in this game. I uh, I think it's encouraging to that he's. It seems like he's mixing some other stuff in with the fastball, right? Like, um, seems like he's relying on the slider just a little bit more, you know, relying on the two seamer just a little bit more. So I think that's all very positive for Bryce. Um, you know, still was able to get, uh, 14 swings and misses in this game. So I think still pitching pretty well. Um, it does seem like the long ball is something that I think he's, is having some issues with here and there, I think over the last, since June. Um, so I think it's something to work on for him. I think as it goes forward, right. Just trying to limit the the balls that I think to get left over the plate. But, um, for the most part, I think this was a, this was a good enough outing, um, especially with the way the offense is playing to get handed to them and try to, you know, help score some runs. And they eventually did that in the game today. Yep. Yep. Um, Bullpen wise, Topa came in. He ended up getting the win. Um, he did give up a run today on two hits. Didn't strike anyone out, but his ERA is still two point one seven. Um, and again, that's the same inning that the Mariners came around and ended up scoring. You know, in the bottom half, uh, Matt Brash pitched the eighth. Um, did have one walk, but struck out two. And Munoz came in in the ninth, picked up his eleventh save of the season. Struck one out, didn't give up any hits, no walks. Um, Another good ninth for the for Munoz. I think that's uh, is that two or three in a row now. So uh, hopefully that he's starting to catch on a little bit, um, get a little little bit more comfortable in the ninth inning, and uh, you know that led to that was a big part of the Mariners five four victory. So yes, sir. Yep. Um, all good stuff after the offense was able to kind of pick it back up. So. Yep. Um, um, offensively, um, you know, again, not a lot to talk about. They, they only got six hits, uh, JP, Gino, Cal, T- uh, Teo, Canzone, and Mike Ford all had a hit in the game. Um, Teo had the big one, the big home run in the third inning to tie it up, um, off of the starting pitcher. I don't even know his first name. Neil, um, was it Tyler Neil? Zach. Was it Zach, Zach Neil? Neil? Zach Neal, that's right, Zach Neal. So um, he had the big home run in the third inning off Zach Neal, um, two on, two out. Um, JP had the other two RBIs on a hit in the seventh. Um, like you said, Caballero Speed came into play. And, um, um, you know, ended up helping score that run. Um, you know, we talk about Tao offensively. Um, I think we need to give him a little bit of props um, in the top of the seventh because he threw out Estri Ruiz at home, which I don't very feel nice like play. Very nice it was play. A, yeah. It was a very nice play, and they had to review it, and it was overturned to to get the out. But not many people were throwing out Estri Ruiz, you know, and he you could say he did. It was a, it was a very nice throw. So yeah, no, I mean, we're, I think when. Um... 
the whole package that's been to Oscar this year, right? Like I encourage everybody to go to the, the baseball, the, the baseball savant page for him, right? There's a couple blues there, right? When it comes to his K and his whiff rate, but his outs above average, his arm strength, like they're all red, right? Guy had a guy's had a really good season um, defensively on top of, um, you know, stuff that he's done offensively, which we didn't really expect. I think that defensive play out of him. So it's just, uh, it's just awesome to see. Um, yeah, uh, runners in scoring position, three for six on the day, uh, team left on base four. Dylan Moore grounded into a double play. Dylan Moore also had his fifth stolen base. Crawford had his second stolen base cause it was a double steal in, oh, what inning was that? The eighth was it the eighth. I think it was the eighth. Um, <laughs> it's a pretty good double steal too, coming from Dylan Moore and JP Crawford. There was not even the throw. So. Um, with the win, Mariners took the series 2-1. Like I said, they took the season series 12 out of 13 games against Oakland. And so um, all this led to the Mariners being tied in the AL West. Rangers lost on Wednesday. They are now currently in third. Astros and Mariners are sitting tied for first. And the Mariners are heading into... Um, I don't know, if, Bo, if we should call it the biggest road trip of the year because I think that one's coming at the end of the season with, uh, you know, having to go to Texas in the final 10 games of the season. But um, certainly coming up on a, a very big road trip, and it starts in New York against the Mets, who should have been a lot better this season with the payroll, but weren't. And uh, I think we're walking into... I don't know, after what we saw them do the Rangers today, walking into um, probably a lot of young guys, kind of like the the A's, a lot of young guys coming up and wanting to prove that they're part of this major league roster. Yeah, I think that probably is a good way to describe the the Mets right now. Um, I uh, Yeah, I still think this is, you know, very winnable two out of three series um, against them, but... Uh, this is a team that you should still not take uh, for granted, right? They still got some good pieces on there, guys that um, I think could put up some some runs against some of our top guys who I think by all accounts we're going to have our best three pitchers going against the Mets um, starting Friday with Logan and then Saturday with George Kirby and then Sunday capping it off with Luis, so La Piedra. Um, so I think we've got a really good opportunity to, to steal three here, but, um, you know, the Mets, um, still very much a team that could put up, you know, a number of runs on you. So, um, and a team that I think is, you know, didn't really just achieve expectations this year. So what else do they have to play for? So, um, yeah, should be still, should be a good series. Yep. Yep. Pitching matchups. Like you said, Gilbert's going Friday. He's pitching against David Peterson Saturday is Kirby against Tyler Miguel. And then Sunday is uh, La Pedra versus Jose Quintana, which matchup are we looking forward to? So. Um, I kind of like that Jose Quintana, Luis Castillo matchup on Sunday. It should be uh should be a fun game. That should be a good one. Good pitching time. I, I certainly think so too. I want to see what Kirby does. I feel like Kirby is getting ready to, to spend a gym. He's going to be mad that he missed his last start. He's going to come out and throw eight innings of, let's say, three hit ball with seven strikeouts, no walks. Sound good? 
I would, I would like that. Take it to the bank. I'll write it down. There you go. Please do. Please do. All right, well, let's uh, let's round this out. We got one more segment for you guys, and it is again one of my favorite segments. Bo, take it away. You've got prospect corner. Uh, yes, sir. And today we're today we're just going to check in with um, our most recent first round picks um, because one of them did something rather very exciting um, a couple of days ago. Um, so I'm talking about Colt Emerson, Ty Pete, and Johnny Formello. Um, Johnny Formello has yet to make his um, minor league debut, so we'll primarily talk about Cole Emerson and Ty Pete. Um, both those guys uh, did start in the complex league, um, then were bumped up subsequently to Modesto um, just a couple days ago. Um, both were hitting very well in the complex league before they moved to Modesto. Um, Ty P was hitting 351, 429 with a 432 slug. Uh, Cole Emerson was really mashing with a 536 average, 629 on base, 786 slug. Um, you know, very small sample sizes, right? We're working with very small numbers here. It was only four doubles and a home run that kind of got Cole Emerson that number. But um, regardless, off to a pretty good start. Um, I would say off to a, a good uh, power start in Modesto thus far for Cole Emerson. Already has a home run, um, a couple doubles to go along with that through five games. Um, is striking out about 30% of the time. So a little bit of the work there for a little bit of something to work on for Cole Emerson. But um, Ty Pete is the guy I'm going to kind of talk about. And the reason is that Ty Pete had two home runs. Um, it was his first two home runs in professional baseball. The most amazing thing about that was that they were both grand slams in consecutive innings. Um, yes. So they, they really uh, hyped that up on the broadcast too. Yes. Which was yes. exciting to see. Yes. Yes. So, uh, he, uh, yeah, I think I'll go to say type Pete, um, looking very good thus far. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think he said it's something I'll never forget. And I think that's certainly true. So I'm making a, making a nice, uh, debut there down in Modesto. I, I got to ask you both out of those three players you mentioned, obviously Johnny Fermillo has yet to debut, but, uh, which, which one of those three could be, uh, the next big thing for the Mariners, you think if, if any of them at all, it's hard to, it's hard to project prospects. That's what they just are. They're prospects, but um, you know, what, what one of those three do you think could come up and make an impact on the Mariners? Maybe three, four years down the road. Um, It's really difficult for me to predict Johnny Farmello right now. Um, uh, so it's difficult for me to predict, predict him. I would say that, but um, I'm probably going to go with Ty Pete right now. I think Ty Pete is got some versatility. He's got, um, I think the, the power projectability is a little bit higher than Cole Emerson. Cole Emerson, I think is a little bit more reminiscent of, a um, maybe a Jared Kelnick type, but still going to be a very solid player with, I think might have a nice future, but I think Ty Pete's ceiling is potentially just higher. So, um, that's the guy I'm going to go with. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. Always exciting to hear prospects doing well down in uh, down on the lower levels. That the the prospects that I mean, we knew about these prospects. We talked about them a little bit, but uh, you know, not your your casual Mariners fans probably not gonna catch these guys. So it's always good to let let them know what what's happening down in those lower leagues. So well, I think it's time to get out of here, Bo. You got anything else for us before we uh, we venture off out of here? 
Uh, that's it for me. All righty. For all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest, and beyond, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. For Bochism, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you guys next week.